0: Freedom, man, that's what it's all about.
1: You've got the groove on freedom, like the good book says. Freedom for the people, that is what this show is all about. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening right here on the Intel Hub News Network. I'm your host, Mark Passio. This show is live every Tuesday evening from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Today is Tuesday, February 1st, 2011. Thank you for tuning in wherever you may be. And what we're going to do tonight is the first all call in What on Earth is Happening radio show. We'll see how this goes. I usually get phenomenal callers into the show, and I'm looking forward to it. We're going to have your calls all throughout the show for all two hours of the show this evening, your comments, your questions, your concerns, uh, anything that you want to ask. It's all on the table. There are no taboo topics on this show. There never are. So that's going to be coming up in a moment. Uh, I want to read a few event announcements for events coming up in the Philadelphia area, and uh, then I'll give the call-in numbers. Actually, let me give the call-in numbers first so people can uh, start to call in. So here we go. Tonight, all call-in show for the first time. I'm doing this to kind of take a break from uh, the heaviness of the material that we've been discussing over the last several weeks. I've been breaking down different occult traditions, and we'll continue to do that. We'll be getting into... uh, the subversive use of symbolism and symbolism as a language in and of itself in the next few weeks here on the show. But I figured, you know, let's take a break from the, uh, the ordinary, um, you know, the ordinary progression of topics and do something a little bit different to open things up. So the, the talk shoe call-in number is 724-444-7444. Once again... If you're going to call into the shoe network, you can call 724-444-7444 and put in the call ID number for what on earth is happening, which is 83515, the call ID number for this show, 83515. If you're calling on the Blog Talk network, if you're listening on that network, there's also a call-in number there. You can call in to 646 646- Seven two seven, three three eight seven. 727 3387 Once again, the blog call call number, 646-727-3387. Hey,
3: and and Mark, there's one more option I want to share for your listeners. Okay. Brought to you by the Intel Hub News Network. It's a toll-free line. Great. So if you want to call up Mark, and you don't have the the long distance, which most people have long distance now when they use cell phones and Skype and all that great stuff. But anyways... Toll-free, 8549 Get out a crayon. Write this down. That's toll free eight seven seven five nine eight eighty five forty nine. 8549 What on earth is happening with Mark Basio?
1: Bob, thank you very much. So, event announcements for events coming up in the Philly area. Again, I always read event announcements because... Ultimately, it's all about taking action and developing the courage to do so. So, the great uh, activist group Truth, Freedom, Prosperity is uh, hosting their free documentary screening and discussion night. This was canceled last week in Philadelphia because we had a big snowstorm come through and it dumped 17 inches of snow on the uh, greater Philadelphia area. Last week, so we did not meet last Wednesday evening as was planned. Instead, uh, they have rescheduled for February 9th. That's Wednesday, February 9th um, at 7 o'clock p.m. at Media Bureau Studios. Media Bureau is at 725 North 4th Street in Philadelphia. That's the corner of 4th and Brown in the Northern Liberty section of the city. Okay? This month, they're going to be showing "Melt Up," the beginning of a U.S. currency crisis. Okay, so that's uh, going to be this uh, next Wednesday evening, uh, February 9th at 7 o'clock p.m. And then there will, after the uh, the documentary screening, it will be followed by a discussion and question and answer session. So come on out, support the group Truth, Freedom, Prosperity. And for other events that they host, please see their website at www.truthfreedomprosperity.org, truthfreedomprosperity.org. And finally, the Free Your Mind conference, which is racing toward us. We have about two months before it hits, and uh, it is looking really good. Uh, Things have smoothed out a bit. um, uh, We've confirmed all of the speakers. It looks like they're all going to be able to be there and we're going to be able to afford to bring them. So that's a good thing, and um, uh, this event should be one of the the best events of its kind, uh, and one of the only events of its kind uh, that I know of in the Philadelphia region. So come on out to the Free Your Mind Conference, a conference on consciousness, mind control, and the occult. Saturday, April 9th, and Sunday, April 10th, 2011, at Ruba Hall, Ruba, R-U-B-A, Ruba Hall, at 414 Green Street in the Northern Liberty section of Philadelphia. The doors open each day at 9 a.m., and the speakers will be starting at 10 a.m. Admission is only $20 per day in advance, and if you choose to buy your tickets at the door, tickets will only be $30. Free Your Mind is a unique two-day conference Scheduled for April 9th and 10th in Philadelphia, PA, featuring multiple speakers and diverse educational materials for the purpose of raising public awareness of the critically important topics of mass mind control techniques, the covert and subversive influences upon consciousness and behavior, trauma based and ritualized abuse, and the practical mental and emotional healing methodologies available for those affected by these devices. The featured speakers, Aaron McCollum, Alfred Weber, Andrew Bastiago, Bob Tuscan, Farah Yurdozu, Freeman Fly, Jan Irvin, John Nicholson, Joseph Mara, Larkin Rose, Laura Eisenhower, Mark Matika, Mark Passio, Michael Kelly, Paul Marco, and Suzanne Taylor. That's a roster of 16 speakers over two days. Quite an impressive lineup of speakers and topics. For more information on this great event, please visit the conference website at www.FreeYourMindConference.com. That's FreeYourMindConference.com. All right, so those are the event announcements. You have the call in numbers. And uh, Bob, if anybody is already waiting to call in, just uh, p- announce them and put them through. No one has called into the Talk Shoe number as of yet. So if anybody has called into the Blog Talk Network, go right ahead and put them through at any time. All two hours your calls, your questions, your comments, your concerns, anything you want to talk about right here on what on earth is happening this evening. Uh, my contingency until I see callers on the line is to begin to introduce the topic of subversive symbolism. So I have that on the agenda, should we not get many callers. However, what I'd like to do uh, as a brief recap is just uh, for per- perhaps new listeners who may be listening who don't know what this show is about or what I do here, is just uh, basically give them uh, an over. Uh, an overview of what we do here on What on Earth is Happening and some of the topics that we've covered thus far and encourage people to use the resources that are available and at their disposal on my website. So, ultimately, what this show is all about and what makes it different than other um, other broadcasts in the so-called freedom movement or truth movement is that what I attempt to do throughout the... Uh, the course of each show and to establish a tapestry okay is to get down to the primary causal factors of what is creating the experience that we are undergoing that's what this is all ultimately about so if you take it right down to the base rudimentary level of what we're trying to do here we're trying to identify causal factors causation is what we have to understand, and we need to understand how causation works to create the experience that we are actually living, that is playing out before our eyes. Okay, This is what many researchers, uh, at least in my um, understanding or estimation, fail to do. They point out the problems, yet and they will have some effective solutions for the problems but what they fail to do is to identify the primary causal factors to what created the problems to begin with see if we have information about the causal agents of any given problem in within the understanding of the causal factor is the solution to the problem embedded within that okay that's why it's so necessary to go down to the very root of, of evil, to, to understand causation, so we can understand how we are actually generating that which we experience in the physical domain, okay? And that is all a factor of mind, ultimately. It's all ultimately a factor of mind, and this is why mind control is so important, and the methodologies of mind control are so important to understand, Ultimately, what we're looking for is to develop the faculty to be able to distinguish truth from falsehood. That's what we're ultimately looking to accomplish. To And that is what consciousness ultimately is. Consciousness is ultimately becoming aware and living in harmony with truth and natural law. Natural law is a big topic of what we talk about on this show because... We have to understand that we are bound by certain laws that simply exist and are inherent to the universe, to creation itself. And we are bound by those laws whether we like it or not, whether we want to be or not, or even whether we have understood those laws or not. Okay? So the more we become conscious of those laws that underlie the physical uh, aspect of our experience the better equipped we will be to create the experience that we want, okay? and the better equipped we will be to not create that which we do not want. Okay? It sounds very simple, but this understanding escapes 99.9% of people out there, and this is why we're essentially living in the equivalent of a human madhouse, okay? and why so many... Things are being done to subvert human freedom and natural rights. So we need to get down to causal factors if we're going to solve anything. And what we ultimately need to develop is the ability to distinguish truth from falsehood. And in a sea of information that we're being bombarded with, much of which is disinformation, that can be very difficult. But we can do this effectively effectively the better we know ourselves and how our own consciousness works. So if we understand and delve into the human psyche and understand our primary motivational factors and primary uh, uh, root causal factors of what we experience and the things that actually go on in the human psyche, the mind, okay, and the deeper parts of the mind, the human subconscious as well, We will develop that awareness, and we will be less likely to be manipulated or fall prey to the techniques of mind control, which is largely what the progression of this show has been here to expose. We've been going on for uh, a number of weeks now, months actually, talking about the techniques of mind control. We've already covered 12 of them in a list of uh, 14 proposed methods, and there there are more, but I generally talk about 14 different methods of mind control. We have already covered 12 fairly extensively, and over the next few weeks, we will be getting into the final two, and then talking about the agenda itself, uh, just a a brief um, prelude to what's going to be coming up. After we do that, after we talk about subversive symbolism and the... uh, the, um, uh, one of the biggest guns of mind control, which is uh, problem-reaction-solution, or what I term chaos-sorcery, okay? uh, then we're going to be getting into solution-speak, and we're going to talk about solutions for probably as many weeks as we've already ha- have done the show. Okay? We're going to talk about solutions to a point where we're going to highlight just about every solution that can be employed to fight this global dark agenda this, uh, this uh, uh, mind control agenda that is being propagated and foisted onto the people of the earth. So that's going to be coming up in future weeks on what on earth is happening. All right, here we go. we got our first caller of the evening. Caller from Southeast Pennsylvania, you are live on what on earth is happening. How are you and what do you have for us?
3: Hi, Mark. It's actually Chris from New Jersey. How are you doing?
1: Chris, how are you doing tonight?
3: good mark uh, mark i've called in a while uh, for the single reason that uh, I, i've been listening but you've been you've been teaching me so much about the kabbalah and all the other mysticism that it's uh, been more in receiving mode than transmitting mode
1: yes that that's been the general uh um the general um state that has been going on over the last f- several weeks actually i noticed that calls have trickled off because i think people are tuned into the information, following along with the graphics, and it's almost been like a live lecture format of sorts. So that's understandable, but that's and that's the reason I wanted to do this show, to kind of take a break from that massive, uh, you know, putting out there and downloading of intensive information for a little bit to just have some discussions. So now, always things, a pleasure to hear from you.
0: Now, one of the things,
3: Mark, that I I, I find it interesting, um, when I started becoming more conscious, so to speak, and learning about consciousness is
1: whether, whether a synchronicity comes to you or you become more aware of it, you do experience it. And the other topic, which
3: you really haven't touched upon, maybe because it's too extensive, is synchromysticism. And,
0: and I've come to the understanding, or, or, or I guess a guess, that what synchromysticism is is that
1: things happen um, that seem like a coincidence but are it's not a coincidence at all. It's just being done by a higher order of things that we don't understand. Absolutely. Synchro mysticism is a fascinating topic. Um, I was actually um, brought on to a show that was almost entirely about synchro mysticism uh, by um, uh, Kevin uh, who often calls into the show he, he goes by the name Kevin Tinfoil or Karma the Jedi sometimes. Uh, he has a show on talk show on the talk show network called Caution Tinfoil Hat Area and it, it sounds like, you know, it's kind of uh, you know, a lighthearted type thing but he talks about Pretty serious topics on it. And he did a show all about synchro mysticism in which he brought me on with um, uh, wh- who I consider to be like a kind of an expert on synchro mysticism or who has brought this to the forefront, particularly under the banner of that word, uh, Jake Kotze. And uh, we went back and forth a little bit, and it was a really great show. And um, I think that synchro is one of the least understood phenomena out there. Uh, I think people o- only are recently coming on to its understanding in recent years, and it's it's relatively new to the human consciousness in general. I think what what it's all ultimately about is there is a higher order of consciousness that is kind of um, attempting to show us um, the interconnectedness of things. i don't I wouldn't necessarily say that it's completely directing everything. Uh, it's quite possible that that's what's happening, but I tend to lean more toward it is simply showing us how things are all interrelated with each other. And it is up to us to, become, to open up our minds more to become aware of these interconnections, and then we will understand the purpose or the underlying meaning that is contained uh, in those events. 9 uh, 11 is a great example. I think that's a huge synchromystic event. We could talk about synchromisticism when we get into the breakdown of some of the symbolism of 9 11, because that's going to be coming up on the show in a few uh, weeks. And, um, you know, uh, it, 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 I don't necessarily think uh, that things need to be orchestrated for them to be synchromistic in nature. And again, what synchromisticism is for people who haven't looked into it, uh, and I think you should, you know, Google it. You know, uh, go on whatever search engine you prefer. Look it up, watch some videos about it, read some articles about it. It's a fascinating uh, topic for uh, exploration. But essentially, it is finding higher uh, levels of connectedness from a, uh, uh, I guess you could say, a uh, entangled perspective, okay, or a higher consciousness perspective in what you would consider the seemingly mundane. However, this interconnectedness is displayed and it comes through, often through the artistic process, okay? The idea that um, art is imitating life, so to speak, okay? The the creative process seems to engage the synchromistic unfoldment, I guess you could say, okay? And as something... Uh, required or or took more creative energy to put out there into the universe. And and that's why it often comes through in movies, this synchromistic understanding. Movies are incredibly big, creative projects, from the storyline to the writing behind it, to the the, the design of sets and, and costumes and creating the story itself and then uh, doing all the computer work that is necessary to do it, to to put these together. There is so much creative energy engaged in making a movie, particularly a big-budget Hollywood film, and so many people are focusing their creative energy all toward the same goal. That is when this synchromistic magic, I guess, starts to happen and and starts to speak to us. It's not always an orchestrated thing when it comes to a movies. People talk about predictive programming a lot when it comes to movies, but I don't necessarily think it's always a deliberate effort. It is simply something that is coming from a higher level of awareness that is being engaged when certain people are engaging deeply in the creative process all at once, all together, and all toward the same goal to create something and put it into the world. So that's my take on synchromysticism. Chris, what, what do you think of that? Do you have anything additional to add or any other thoughts on it or any resources you might want to point people to to let them uh, check it out more? Well, I I, I really um, think the, the last part
0: you said was where the creative process is linked up in some way with synchromysticism.
1: I think, I think that's really true. Um, I always thought of it as, as, you know, we don't have the, the, the ability right now or the consciousness to see that, the bigger pattern, we may be, we may be, we may see a chessboard, but there might be an even bigger chessboard, and then another another big you know an even bigger chessboard. And I, I think as a, as our um, understanding
0: increases, we may see things that as they're synchronistic, we may come to understand the reason you know why that occurred. I also think it's part of of, of the grand design of creation. And um, I don't really have any any um, um, references for people to go um, to go and look because I really haven't looked it up that much myself. I just surmised what it, what
1: it was. It seems like I was pretty close. Sure, sure. Uh, any resources that you'd recommend for people out there? That's what I'm saying, Mark. I really don't.
0: I, I haven't really looked into it myself as intently as I should have. I guess.
1: Okay. I, I like one called uh, the Brave New World dot com. I believe that's uh, Jack Cotsy's website. Um, or you could just look up the name Jack Kotze. I believe he spells his last name K-O-T-Z-E, if I'm not mistaken. Um, uh, There is, uh, let me see, there is, I'll open my web browser up here and see if I could find a couple more resources. There is some good google uh videos if you go to Google Video and you type synchro mysticism in you'll get a you'll get a few uh decent videos there is um let's see uh reality sandwich that's Daniel Pinchbeck's website he has some things on there about synchro mysticism again the brave new world order. Uh, i I'm sorry, it's not um the Brave New World Order dot com. I think it's the Brave New World Order dot The Brave New World Order dot And you need the word the in front. So the Brave New World Order dot That's Jake Kotze's site and it is K-O-T-Z-E. Um let's see, there's synchromysticism.blogspot.com. Okay, hey, there's also a Wikipedia page about it that basically, you know, gives an intro to it. Um, there's something called uh the Octagon, which is a synchromysticism um site. Let's see.
2: I, I think that's plenty, Mark. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. The, you know, you just type the term in. I would say start it something like YouTube because videos kind of explain it better than reading an article about it because it's an yeah. abstract concept. And if you start with a simple um, synchronisticism video, it kind of will take you through the progression to understand what uh, what this is all about. Uh, but again, it's a, it's it is abstract. You have to disengage the left brain. Uh, you know, pure. Logic, pure intellectual mode. If you're really going to um, appreciate this uh, as as uh, again something that is coming through from a higher level of awareness, we have to really see this from a right-brained perspective because that's really what synchromysticism is. This is the right brain calling out to us. Uh, it's the higher sacred feminine energy uh, that that is the creative force. Calling out to us uh, to try to disengage from our uh, material world, identified left brain thinking. That's that's really what I think the whole purpose of synchromysticism is. But I do think that it is something that is real. I do think that it is something that is uh, coming through from uh, a higher level of awareness and is not necessarily something that is orchestrated. It, it is um, it is something that is uh, this uh, random. Series of interconnected uh, things that are completely beyond coincidence or chance. If anybody thinks that these things are chance, I mean, you know, good luck because you're not going to roll dice and get these kind of uh, of, of ups uh, by accident. As far as I'm concerned, it's it's far beyond randomness. But uh, to a very left-brain person, it would be a it would be what, what I would call a hard swallow for a left-brain person. You know. Gotcha. Well, Mark, I appreciate your time. I appreciate your insight on it and your, your information. I I'll definitely follow up on it. And I'm looking forward to your conference in April. I'm glad things are back on track again. Yeah, it's looking pretty good. And uh, I, I'm looking forward to a lot of the speakers. Uh, we're going to have a roundtable um, discussion panel at the end of the night on Sunday. We're also going to uh, screen Suzanne Taylor's new documentary on the crop circle phenomenon on Saturday evening. She uh, put a great documentary about the crop circles together uh, called What on Earth? Inside the Crop Circle Mystery. And we're going to be screening that film on Saturday evening at the conference. So it should be a great event. We're going to have vendors downstairs. We're going to have uh, tons of books and pamphlets available and DVDs. And uh, it should just be an overall good time for people to come out and really uh, educate themselves about what's really going on.
3: Yeah, I, I I like the crop circle uh, topic as well. I've been listening to a lot of that on True Frequency with Chris and He's been a guest on their show. That's been pretty good. The last thing I wanted to ask you about, Mark, is um, and I don't know if it's if you know or not, is is there any word about Michael Tsarian?
1: Tsarion, is he going to show up? Or um, I have not gotten any word on that. I know you know I haven't really told people that because I didn't want to get anybody's hopes up. We were attempting to get Michael Tsarian to come. No, 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 no. I have I, I, I mean, You didn't tell me
3: that. You didn't tell me that. But I heard rumors that that he may show up.
1: I let a few people know that I had been in contact with him, and it looked like it may have been a possibility. I don't think it's going to be, but uh, maybe I will just attempt to, you know, see if at the eleventh hour we might be able to pull something together. But I, I would say probably not. But we'll see. We'll see what I can do.
3: Uh, or even without him, it's a great lineup, and I,
0: I really look forward to it, Mark. Thanks so much.
1: You got it, Chris. Thanks so much for calling. Have a good you night. night. Bye bye. Okay, here we go. Uh we were just I was just speaking of this gentleman. Here we go. Kevin Tinfoil from Caution, Tinfoil Hat Area. You're on What on Earth Is Happening? How are you doing, my friend? Hey Mark, how's it going?
4: I didn't know you were talking about me. That thank you very much. I, I, I noticed that you were speaking about the synchromysticism and such and Uh, I have not gotten yet a hold of the guy who's supposed to be my guest, like a full um, confirmation on it. But I had planned on um, either this Friday or Saturday to have an episode on my show on synchromysticism once again. So if your previous caller is interested, um, if he could just keep an eye out for that, I I would uh, appreciate it.
1: Definitely. Definitely. I, you know, the last show that you did on the topic, I think was great. Uh, you had Jack Copsey on there. You brought me on there. I got a chance to speak with Jack and go back, uh, Jake, I'm sorry. And go back and forth with him. And, uh, I think it was great.
4: Yeah. I, I really appreciated your contribution to it because as strange as it is, um, not, it's not that I would say that um my wife didn't already understand the concepts behind say nine eleven and so on and so forth. Can I watch my yes, go ahead. But it's as um unfortunately I would say that she did not um fully grasp the occult aspects of it until you described it the way you had done so.
1: I'm glad I was able to help with that understanding Because um, even I missed it when it first happened. With my background into the occult, I had to go back into the symbolism to understand it myself. That's how much swept up in the whole experience of the event I got myself back then. I I, I feel like I should have grasped all that on day one. And at my level of awareness, I still did not. And it took a while. It took until probably about... 2002 for me to really understand what the event was all about. Maybe even into you know late 2002, early 2003. Uh, but but um, you know uh, <clears throat> the synchronistic aspect of that, it it, it there is a synchronisticism uh, element involved in the 9/11 event. I think it's highly involved when you get down to looking at what happened with uh, flight 93. Now we're talking about a high uh, concept and an occult number. And, you know, when you look at the numbers of the planes, which, again, I, I won't get to fully into all of this tonight. We'll do this when we go into this topic in, in several weeks. But um, uh, I think the Flight 93 aspect is the biggest example of synchro mysticism in the 9-11 event because I think that's an example of a pilot who... Um, refused his stand-down order, and in doing so, he engaged the concept of thalema or the use of willpower, uh, toward the higher will. And this prevented Building 7 from being hit, uh, because that's what I believe the intended target of Flight 93 was, which crashed in Shanksville, Pennsylvania, or was shot down over Shanksville, Pennsylvania. Um, and in in doing that, uh, building seven, which represented the middle pillar, you know, which we've talked about in Kabbalah, and we will talk about also when we get to the symbols of Freemasonry and other occult traditions, um, that that pillar couldn't remain standing uh, as part of the ritual, and therefore they needed to bring that down anyway, even though no no plane had struck it, and that's the 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 linchpin, it's the key of the entire 9/11 truth movement, as it is now called, middle pillar. As we saw its importance. I hear the intro music for this first break playing. I've been listening what happened. In top of, to what parts of step up, back.
2: Are you still paying your credit cards and so-called bank loans, thinking that you owe the money? Do you feel like it's your moral obligation but can't see an end and say, well, what if I told you that in truth, you don't owe a single penny and that the banks know this and hope you don't find out? Here's where we come in. 2 prospercom specializes in a profound debt repudiation method which challenges the validity of your so-called debts, morally frees you from the burdens, and protects your property. Our system is often superior to settlement, bankruptcy, or consolidation, which often leave you in a worse situation. If you feel the moral obligation to take care of yourself and your family, then I urge you to consider taking action right now. The economy will not wait. If you want to know more so you can prosper through the economic collapse, all while staying honorable and true to yourself, then call 877-417-8393. That's 877-417-8393. Or visit free2prosper.com right now.
5: Hey, it's me, Shepard, the host of the Intel Hub. Check out my live show every Sunday at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time. You can check it out from my website, theintelhubradio.com.
1: Join me, Joe Joseph, John King, and AC Griffith, Thursdays and Sunday evenings at 8 p.m. Eastern for Freedom Link Radio on the Intel Hub News Network.
5: A very wealthy U.S. citizen is predicting that in 2011, we will witness the most important day in America in more than 50 years. He says it will change everything about our lives, the way you shop, travel, invest, educate your children, and even how you take care of your health and family. Now this man has made some outrageous predictions over the years, but the crazy part is he's usually right. You see, he predicted the collapse of GM, Sammy Mae, Freddie Mac, and America's biggest mall owner, General Growth Properties, a few years ago. In fact, Baronis called his work a dire prophecy. Now, this has nothing to do with the stock market, but it could have a huge impact on almost every aspect of your life. And recently, he created a video which you can watch online for free, detailing his biggest and most important prediction yet. And it's a real eye-opener. I can't stress this enough. You should at least watch this free video online today. He explains everything you need to know, including simple steps you can take to protect yourself. You can find the video at www. End of America 8.com. Although this video may be offensive to some audiences, it's worth checking out. Again, that's www.endofamerica8.com. Watch this free video at www.endofamerica8.com. You are listening to the Intel Hub News Network, crushing the New World Order piece by piece. <laughs>
1: All right, welcome back. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio, right here on the Intel Hub News Network. Before we went to the break, we were talking to uh, Kevin from Philadelphia, and we were talking about synchromysticism a little bit. Uh, Kev, uh, I know you want to talk about a, a specific topic uh, about you know who's the right people to trust uh, with uh, their information and. You know, how we could, I guess, discern good information from disinformation. But before we do that, or maybe after we do that, I'd like to bring up something because I just recently ran into you at the uh, new screening of um, Zeitgeist 3, Zeitgeist Moving Forward. And I wanted to get your take on what you thought of the film and what you thought of the uh, the Zeitgeist movement here in Philadelphia in general.
4: That's actually part of what I was kind of going to ask you about with this whole thing about who do we trust because. Sure. At this moment, uh, I am um, involved with the guys that work with the Zeitgeist movement in Philly. Uh, You were on the show that had like two of the guys. One was from one was a Jersey coordinator. One was the Philly lead chapter lead. Um, Yes. You, Mike Salvi, Fernando, and um, James Babb from We Won't Fly. And I right. guess part of where I'm going with all this by mentioning these guys is that we're all kind of like I, that. The show I had was for Liberty leaders and like, not to give too much of a plug for my old episode, but having you guys on really meant something to me. Like I trust all you guys, um, including the zeitgeist guys who I hear zeitgeist is an NWO thing. And then I've heard that the NWO also doesn't want us to fly. So that makes like, James's whole we won't fly thing kind of like which direction are we going? And then I hear like again like I I talked with um Mike Salvi about this. He his whole and the fed thing is now being like now obviously not Glenn Beck has not come down from on high off of Fox News and said, "Hey, I support Mike Salvi." Sadly, yeah. <laughs> it would be nice to actually have those types of uh, it, to have anyone aware enough to actually know what's going on. Uh sadly I don't think that uh, as Mike Salvi and I even talked about it like um there is because of the globalist agenda and the fact that guys like Glenn Beck are then following the globalist agenda pretty much verbatim uh, if he if Glenn Beck is now saying and the Fed is a good thing which he I, I've seen a couple clips on YouTube about it it makes me wonder, are are we all useful idiots? Like, are we all being played by the system? Or are we actually doing something that we feel is the right thing to do because it's just flat out the right thing to do? I mean, it, I'm actually at a point where, like, it's a, um, a miniature moment of crisis where, like, I mean, all of my life is pretty much okay around me, but I've got this, like, thing I'm trying to figure out. And I'd really just love to have your input on it.
1: Well, I think that um, revolutions can be co-opted. That's something that we have to be aware of. And people can uh, twist um, infusions of energy to suit their agendas. Now, I'm not saying that that's what's happening in this case necessarily, but I think it's something that does have to be um, watched for without being paranoid. And, you know, my my take on the whole thing is, uh, and as I mentioned on your show, was I'm for a resource-based economy, as you would call it, just resource-based living. However, if that is done forcibly, I'm not for it. Okay? It would be how you would implement it. If it is implemented from a higher level of consciousness and awareness that simply there are people and there are resources and these, this is what people need to live, this is what people need to thrive, to, to, to grow, to live amongst each other, to, to develop their own consciousness and awareness, and they need to be supported in the physical world that they live in in order to do those things, and that is chosen, then I'm for it. If it is forced, okay, by violence, then I'm not for it at all, because that's called communism or socialism or whatever you want to call it, the forced redistribution of resources uh, based on you know, the state saying, you must do this, you must do that. It can't happen that way. If you know, I wouldn't support anything that were to happen that way. Okay? I'm, for, I'm a voluntarist in every aspect of the word. I don't believe in the authority of man, period. Uh, people need to make their own choices and uh, understand that they're not the only people in the world, nor are they God, okay? That's what it all really comes down to, you know. Uh, people are living as if they're God, you know. This rich, super-rich, you know, less than 0.01% of the population that basically owns all of the important resources of the world. Okay, that needs to stop. But at the same time, I don't believe in uh, communist or socialist values to a point where I think the state should take. Over the resources and say y- you only get this, you only get this, you only get this, you only get this, and that's it. You know, I think we can all have what we want and still be happy and thrive as long as we don't have this reptilian-brained uh, directive impulse that says I always have to have more, more, more. You know, it's about living within one's means and and necessities as far as. Do I need to have five cars and, you know, m- ten mansions in different countries? Do I need to have that? You know, I mean, look, at. I was just walking with a friend through Philadelphia, and we pointed out uh, the home of a celebrity, and my friend happened to know who the celebrity was that owns this huge uh, home that takes up half of a block in the, uh, um, uh, I'm trying to think, the section of the city. It's in... uh it's not Northern Liberties, it's uh, in Old City, okay? So in the Old City area, and I won't mention the celebrity's name, but, uh, you know, it, he's a well-known movie actor, okay? And he was telling me, yeah, he had this house made, and he never goes there. If nobody's ever in it, there's an alarm system, they have lights that are automated that go on to make, give the appearance that somebody's there. He might come there once every other two years, stay for a week, and that's it, and yet you know this takes up a huge amount of resources, energy, land, etc. You know, but he just has that just because if I happen to be in the area of Philadelphia, that's where I'm going to stay. I'm going to have my you know luxury place built with like you know it probably probably has a uh, you know um, a, a, a movie theater inside there and you know uh, a gym and you name it. I mean, it has all the amenities that you could ever possibly ask for or want without ever leaving, you know, the complex that you've built, so to speak. But, you know, do I think that, uh, that that's, you know, how, you know, people need to use resources? No. But, again, that's that's that person's level of consciousness. It's always more. It's what I can do for me. What could he do with the money that was spent to build that home, this this celebrity, Okay. What kind of contribution could he have made that to, to help hunger or to help poverty or disease or homelessness or any other uh, affliction? You know, could he have given it to the truth movement to try to just put out information? Could he have contributed to conferences that talk about, you know, um, uh, opening up one's uh, mind and awareness? No. He decided, I'm going to build a house with the extra money that I've made as a result of my career. As long as we're in the me, me, me mode of consciousness, it doesn't make a difference what kind of monetary system is out there. It's going to fail, and it's going to result in suffering. And this is what I just don't hear from the freedom movement people. They don't want to talk about consciousness and causality, causal factors. They want to avoid that because... They want to be able to point the finger outward instead of turning it and pointing it at their own, their own selves because that's where true transmutation and change takes place in one's own consciousness, in one's own mind, in one's own heart, and in one's own actions. And most people, not all, but most people in the world will kill or die to avoid Looking within most people. That's the sad fact of the matter and the reality that we live in. That's what the human race has become. That's not our, what our true essence or nature is, but unfortunately, that's what we have become, and most people alive today would rather die than to look inward.: so
4: yeah, that's I, my I take on I totally hear what you're saying there, too, actually. That's
1: my take on the whole freedom movement in general. And that's my take on things like zeitgeist and the and the, the Venus project, etc I don't have a problem with the idea. I think it's a beautiful idea. The question is is how will it be implemented You need enough people behind that idea from a philosophical and moral perspective in order for it to be successful Ken, stay with me on rather the than line. coercion. stay with me on the line through this break. I want to talk about this a little bit more and I'll get your take on uh who we should listen to. Thank you. This is What on Earth is Happening. We'll be right back.
3: Hey, Mark. Mark Basio.
5: Hey, Bob. How are you?
3: I'm doing well. I just wanted to let you know that uh, you have Chef on the blog talk line, uh, which, by the way, people can call toll-free at 877-598-8549, uh, brought to you by the Intel Hub News Network.
1: Bob, I'm going to uh, hold Kevin over a little bit after this break, and then I'll, I'll go right to that caller. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you sure. where Sure, take ready.
3: your time with Kevin. Uh, Chef also wants to talk about the Venus Project. He claims the Rothschilds fund it, and that they fund the Venus Project. And I I talked to him a little bit off air. You know, I keep an open mind, but at the same time, I don't want to make accusations that are not true. I mean, if you're going to make a claim like that, you're going to have a little bit more information than just, oh, they fund the Venus Project or whatever, you know. So I'm interested to hear what what he has to say about that. I'll be listening in um, to the program. Uh, when we get back from break, I'll let you wrap things up with your your other caller, and we'll get to the next caller eventually. You got it. Thanks so much. Uh, what on earth is happening with Mark Passio on the Intel Hub
5: News Network. My live show every Sunday at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time. You can check it out from my website, theintelhubradio.com. Join me, Joe
1: Joseph, John King, and A.C. Griffith. Thursdays and Sunday evenings at 8 p.m.
5: Eastern for Freedom Lake Radio on the Intel Hub News Network. A very wealthy U.S. citizen is predicting that in 2011, we will witness the most important day in America in more than 50 years. He says it will change everything about our lives, the way you shop travel, invest, educate your children, and even how you take care of your health and family. Now this man has made some outrageous predictions over the years, but the crazy part is he's usually right. You see, he predicted the collapse of GM, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, and America's biggest mall owner, General Growth Properties, a few years ago. In fact, Baronis called his work a dire prophecy. Now, this has nothing to do with the stock market, but it could have a huge impact on almost every aspect of your life. And recently, he created a video which you can watch online for free, detailing his biggest and most important prediction yet. And it's a real eye-opener. I can't stress this enough. You should at least watch this free video online today. He explains everything you need to know, including simple steps you can take to protect yourself. You can find the video at www. End of America 8.com. Although this video may be offensive to some audiences, it's worth checking out. Again, that's www.end of America the number 8.com. Watch this free video at end of America 8.com. You are listening to the Intel Hub News Network, crushing the New World Order piece by piece.
1: Okay, we're back on what on Earth is happening. Before the break, we were talking about the Zeitgeist Movement and the Venus Project and kind of the level of consciousness that would really be required to put something together like that. Uh, I think it's an idea that is far, far ahead of its time, unfortunately, because the human imagination is so stifled by the monetary system. People think that money is the lifeblood of creation, of life on Earth. That we need a monetary system that we could not live if there wasn't such a thing as money, and this elevates the concept of money to godhood because that's what it is intended to be. It is indeed really the root of evil, and uh, you know they you know the love of money is the root of all evil. But I would say attachment to the idea of money is the root of all evil, and uh, this is what really the whole zeitgeist movement is attempting to struggle against and um, and and break down you know break down this meme which is an entrenched meme with incredible amounts of power over the human mind i spoke about this at the last end the fed rally and my my lecture was about the uh, alchemist's philosopher's stone the idea of the philosopher's stone and what that was actually created from and it was ultimately distilled from the human imagination Okay, this is what ultimately creates the stone, okay? the higher awareness uh, and higher consciousness. And uh, sadly, that's deadened. It's crippled. It's devastated. The human imagination is devastated in most people. Sadly, that's just the case. I asked people in that lecture, in that uh, presentation, whatever you want to call it, the speech, could you imagine a world without money? And I would probably say, even in that end of Fed rally where people want to go against this huge corrupt banking institution, I'll bet you 90% of those people cannot imagine a world without money. Now, maybe I'm just being harsh or nasty, or maybe I'm just thinking that you know people are just in a, a more, uh, a more uh, denigrated state than they really are. Uh, maybe I'm just overtly ne- overly negative, okay? That could be. But I guarantee you, if you really pressed even those individuals for their true beliefs on this topic, what they really feel, most of them would would give you the answer, ultimately, I feel money is necessary and that we couldn't live without it. And that's why, do I think something like the Venus Project, is? we're going to see that happen in our lifetimes? More likely than not we're not going to see that in our lifetimes. Maybe in future generations, if we continue to get this information out about consciousness and causal factors of what we're creating, it might be possible. But I think it's a long, long, long way off, sadly. You know, I think the idea is uh, a good one. I think if it's done in the right way and if it's done in a higher level of awareness, it's where we really need to go as a species. But uh, I think so few people are ready for that, that they will come up with whatever jabs at it that they can to justify the, the, the same existing immoral monetary system or to prop a new one up in its place that would become just as immoral. That's just my take on it. Kev, what are your thoughts on that? I'll hold you over for another couple of minutes, and then I'll go to some more callers. Give me your thoughts on that.
4: Well, I originally, back in like 2003, started having some issues with money. Um, I got a decent job, so I lost the issues, but I didn't lose the drive to figure out a way to live without money, and I become very enamored by the whole concept of Earthships. And I only see... The Venus project as is, is like uh as above so below this like giant extension of the Earth ships. All the same systems are in place, such as being able to make your own energy, make your own food, have all of your own basic needs taken care of without the need for money. I, I'm not a greedy person. I really don't need much. I mean I'm very happy with the like couple hundred-hour computer I have that I, I realistically paid very little for comparison for getting a deal through AT&T. But uh, that's kind of besides the point. The, the point I'm trying to make is that if we managed, in my opinion, if we managed the resources of the planet better than we do now, and if we took a global systems approach to it, I think we would have a much better chance of not having the issues that we currently have, such as people, or some people are concerned with overpopulation. I, however, am not. I've seen some research that shows that we could probably have about 25 billion on the planet. I but, agree. But that being that we're at seven, I think it's a, a holistically smart idea to just consider that future and get ready to be prepared to take care of that number now. Right. And I don't think that we can afford that in the future, considering like I've seen a lot of economists say recently that uh, something like 60% of, or we're, or we're going to have to raise taxes to like 60% in order to get to where we need to be able to actually start paying off any debt at all.
1: So we couldn't we sustain go back a rough. number like that the way we're living now. Not the way we're living now, which exactly. is completely some people against are using, nature.
4: Yeah, some people are using so much and causing so much pollution and just using so many vast resources. And I, I just always wonder, like, is it just their whole divide and conquer scheme that pretty much allows them to get away with this? I mean, why isn't it that people aren't willing to just set aside their egos and work all together i mean i i the reason why i even did my last show with you and and the other guys is that i knew everyone that sat down at that table was about end the fed the two zeitgeist guys as well as all the other guys that were on the other side of the table they all right. understood that we need a new monetary system and a lack of one that could actually provide for all using a Fully functioning resource-based economy, I think, would work really well myself. It's, it's
1: the best of all worlds,
4: provided. Yeah, it's talent. the blueprints for Star Trek, and we're not paying attention to the, to this gift that's there because everybody seems like they're afraid that they're gonna be fooled by some NWO agenda, and we end up in Logan's Run. And well, you know what? I'll, I, 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 I'm not afraid of that. Like, I, I see the potential. Here, and I, I think that if we were twisted enough at that point after creating such a thing that we became that sort of authoritarian and closed yeah, in society, let, let me, I think people
1: may stop and revolt from Let me put up my there. idea about why there's so much hesitation toward even pursuing something like the Venus Project. And again, there's some synchromysticism right in there, right in the, word, the words the Venus Project, right? Venus is the next planet closer to the sun from where we are. Just think about that from its symbolic perspective, okay? It's up one chakra closer to the crown chakra in the chakra systems as related to the planets, as we've shown on this show and looked into those symbolic connections, Okay? So it's it's not uh, going toward Mars, which would be going down a chakra or going farther away from the sun, but it's the Venus Project. Venus is also a name of the goddess. Okay? The sacred feminine energy. Okay? So again, it's also named after the goddess herself. One of the names of the goddess that we looked at when we talked about the tarot tradition was Venus. Okay? And, and this is associated uh, her name was associated with venus in the roman tradition Uh, that's just an interesting synchromistic connection okay because the idea is one that takes us up a notch and takes us up to a higher level of consciousness but the the main uh resistance to this idea okay is people are thinking about it from the same level of consciousness that we are now, that we are dwelling in now as a species. That's where their viewpoint of this comes from. They're not thinking, if we moved to a higher level of awareness, if we moved up in consciousness, and we no longer dwelled in the base brain, and dwelled with an imbalanced neocortical brain, Okay, if we didn't have all of this imbalance within... Toward the male side, okay. Toward the the, the Yang energy, okay. If we embrace the sacred feminine energy, if we combine the left brain with the creative and nurturing power of the right brain, and we move up to a higher level of consciousness, that's how this would work. And only the only way it would work. We cannot talk about building a, a, a non-monetary. Uh, 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 system in general without talking about a fundamental shift in human consciousness. And this is what is completely left out of these discussions, almost completely left out of these discussions. Uh, And that's why I got kind of um, uh, almost, uh, not upset, but uh, almost depressed when I was, you know, on the show that night, because no one was bringing up consciousness, they were just talking about the the mechanics of it and the the the, uh, the logistics, and you know, that's all that was being brought up. But what wasn't being brought up is the quality of mind, the the. The, the improvement to the human psyche that would be necessary to implement something like that. And the reason that this is often not brought up, and again, I may, I may be taking a jab here or even a stab here and there, is the people who are discussing these ideas aren't at those levels of consciousness. And they're quite unread about a lot of this information. They're quite unread about what it would be required to, to, to change consciousness and to have a paradigm shift in awareness. They're quite unread about the occult itself and about how these are tools for improving consciousness. They think naively and childishly that they're going to get from here to there without going through the steps between and that it's not going to take any real hard work on the ground to get that done. And this is why I'm not very popular. This is why I, and I'm not here to be popular. I'm not here to make friends, or it's not a popularity contest. I'm here to explain to people just how much work is going to be involved to make this transition. And and not to depress them or make them fearful, but to make them aware. It's harder than what what you're even thinking now to, to change truly from within and to change your mind and to get out of the barriers of mind that have been put there by the existing systems of conditioning and social engineering that you have been born into from the minute of your birth and that your parents and grandparents and great-grandparents on back through the generations have been born into. Okay? That's exactly how, how I feel like I'm,
4: I'm going through right now, too. It's because it feels like I'm getting all this information from all these people saying that what I'm doing isn't effective and all I'm doing is trying to actually do something. And they're all just telling me that, oh, that's not going to work. That's not going to work. That's not going to work. And I'm like, you know, then what will tell me you, you tell me what will. And, and no one of has an answer for me. So like, I I just, I, I feel like if I'm going to be damned, I'm going to be damned for who I really am. And um, I hope everybody can appreciate that and understand that I'm just going to keep, Moving forward, myself, and and hopefully.
1: That's right, and that's
4: all people. So I, I, and I'm not the only one, and I hope someday you'll join us. (laughs) That's right, that's right, and that's what I
1: ended. That's what I ended my speech with. Yes. at the end of it resonates with me so well, and it resonates with so many other people too. And the imagination is going to require these things. People who can't imagine true change coming about from a higher level of awareness. Their imagination is dead. And my suggestion would be attempt to move on and and just put those people off to the side in in your life so that they don't drain your energy because they're not going to be part of the solution. And they are nothing but part of the problem. And you can say that's as harsh as you want to call it. And there's the tagline again for the show. Get as offended about that as you like. These are the people who... The dark occultists of this world call the dead. Because quite frankly, that's who they are. So, Kev, yeah, unfortunately, we have to let go of those people and chalk them up. Sadly, that may sound harsh, but that's the case. They're not going to be part of this problem. They are attached. They are attached to memes. They are attached to mind control. And they're not going to come out of it because that's their safety net. That's their little comfort blanket. And they're going to stay there probably until the day that they die because they don't want to turn the finger inward and point at themselves. Kev, I want to thank you for calling in, man. I'm going to move on and try to take another couple of calls. And uh, you always have great insights to bring to the table. Uh, my final answer would, would uh, w- as far as who we, we should listen to, my final insight I guess you could say on that is find the people who you can see an active imagination in who are actually willing then to take action based on that quality of imagination. And those are the people that we should really be uh, gi- giving you know, uh, credence to their message and, and listening to and then partnering up with. Thank you, Mark. I really appreciate that. Um,
4: uh, it's, it's nice to have a friend that I can come and talk to. Uh, I, I thank you for letting me uh, have this bring this all up on your show. I appreciate hey, it.
1: You got it, man. It was good seeing you the other night at the uh, Zeitgeist screening. You take care, man. Kevin Tinfoil from Caution Tinfoil Hat Area. Always a, uh, a good uh, call when he calls in, and uh, always a pleasure to hear from him. All right, Bob, you said you had a caller on the blog talk line. You can go ahead and put the caller through.
3: Uh, let's see here. We have Chef. Uh, welcome to What on Earth is I'm Happening with Mark Pass. Good. Yeah. Hey, how are you?
0: Yeah, hello.
1: How's it going? Yeah, I'm
0: good. I'm good. Uh, M- Mark, is it? Yes. Yeah, uh, Mark. Uh, uh, you know, <clears throat> I go by an man. I just try to keep it that way uh, just due to the, the business I'm in. Right, uh, but I go by Conspiracy Chef, and uh, I, I believe your last caller is the one that posted your link that your radio shows on tonight on my uh, Facebook page, awesome. or on his Facebook page, and I caught it in those feed. <laughs> and and you know, and, and I hope it, it's always good. I want to preface this all—all all this what I'm about to say—with it's always good to meet like-minded awake people. Right. I mean, Absolutely. we might not always agree on everything, you sure. know what I mean? But that's life. That's life. And that's just how things go. Now, uh, let me just jump right into because I don't want to waste your time. Um, when I logged in, I heard uh, you guys talking about Zeitgeist. I mean, you guys went a little bit further into it, you know? Sure. I have a concern with the Zeitgeist movement, Um
1: I have and some I, I have I, some I, I, as I'm, well. I, I could tell you you tell me what some of yours are, I'll tell you what some of mine are because yeah, I have some yeah, as well.
0: Yeah. yeah, no no doubt, no doubt. And, and and my concerns with the Zeitgeist movement is, is just one family. Uh, the house of Rothschild. The Rothschilds fund the zeitgeist, the Zeitgeist movement through shell companies. Right? And one of them shell companies is the Venus Project. The Rothschilds are one of the, are the major funder of the Venus Project. And then that alone gives me enough reason to pause for anything that they do underneath, right? With the Venus Project, it's a nice utopia. I'm not going to lie. Initially, I was brought up into the, into the mix of things. You know, I really was. I love the Venus Project. I think it looks pretty. I think it looks futuristic. I think it's... it's um, all of these and all of that, you know. But I remember one one of the things that you heard when I was listening on the radio show is that, you know, you're you're against communism, you know, and I am as well.
1: Absolutely. But the Venus
0: Project, at its base, resorts, re, uh, uh redistributes the wealth in a way that is communism. Like everybody within that lives underneath that little bubble. You know what I mean? That China's building right now, by the way. They're building mm-hmm. mega cities. Completely uninhabited, and one of those megacities is a city much like what you'll see on the Zeitgeist website. You know, but so just following the money is what I like to do.
1: Right and now, I don't.
0: The I don't the Zeitgeist films for the Venus Project for the Rothschilds.
1: I don't uh, have the I don't have knowledge of where the money for the Venus Project or uh, where Jock Fresco gets his funding. I don't have knowledge yeah. of that funding. Now, uh, I, so as I can't speak process. directly directly to that, I don't have to research that on my own. Um, if you want to send me any links about, sure, yeah, I'd like to research some of it. Absolutely.
0: I email whenever you. When
1: I hear, hear when it. I, will just say I when mean. I hear Jacques Fresco talk, uh, he seems like a high consciousness person. What I would like to hear more yeah. about. What I would like to hear yeah. more I about. I agree. He seems to have a lot of courage, too. But what I would like to hear more about is the actual methods that would be used to use the resources and how that would be acquired, how that would be done. Because, again, my pause, where I would take pause is how it would be done. The idea is great. Exactly. If it's done through exactly. force and violence, I'm, I want no part of it. If it was, if it was done from a higher level of awareness and voluntary Definitely and cooperative, I'm all for it. One, I think it's wonderful. Let okay. me tell you what some of my pauses about uh, Zeitgeist as a movement in general, or not, not as a movement. I shouldn't say that because the movement doesn't actually put forward specific tenets that everybody has to has to uh, uh, agree with. Uh, I've been asked to speak at Z Day, which is coming up in New Brunswick, New Jersey. I'll be making an, an announcement about that in. Uh, hey brother, don't do it, brother. Hey. Oh no, I'm, I'm going. For the I'm, money. I'm going to Dubai go. And, and I'm going to go and speak at it because I'm going to talk about the occult origins of money, which is not addressed in the films. Okay, the the, the maker uh, Peter Joseph. While I like many of his ideas seems to be an atheist, which you know I think that uh, that is uh, can be a problematic ideology because um, at the uh, at the point where you really become deeply atheistic uh social Darwinism starts to kind of uh, being uh, something that people go down the path of now i don 't think he 's a social darwinist i 'm not saying that but when you get into atheism and you think that man is the highest force that, that is operating here, uh, that's when when I have to step back and say, uh, then basically there is no ultimate uh, truth, there is no ultimate right or wrong, there is no uh, actual objective morality, and we get to make it all up. Okay, So that's the path that you go down when you get into true totalitarianism. We've talked about this extensively on the show the idea of, of solipsism, and the idea of uh, uh, um, moral relativism. Now, I'm not saying he's a moral relativist either, but um, I, the, if you don't think there's an objective truth and an objective right or wrong, okay, and that's placed there by natural law, okay, now, I, I believe he does b- believe in the concept of natural law, or know that natural law exists. I think Jock Fresco also understands natural law, and he has spoken about this in interviews and uh, and documentaries as well. So, um, I, you know, uh, the, the atheism part kind of makes me take pause. The other part that I think that is something that uh, concerns me a bit is that he downplays the um, occult aspects of this. And... That's where I have to completely go in the opposite direction because there is a small hidden cabal of dark occultists that are calling the shots. And th- this is the reason that I will make that statement and just completely say he's simply incorrect about that, it's not my opinion, is because I have experiential knowledge of that. It's, I, I don't have that from reading about it in books. I was involved. I've, I've been involved for years of my life in the dark occult before I had my transformation in consciousness and came up to a higher level of understanding about what was really going on on this planet. So uh, I developed a conscience. I understood morality. I understood natural law and moral law and uh, started to live in accordance with those laws and understand that there is no authority in man, and man isn't the highest force in, in, in the universe or even in our local neighborhood, okay? And um I came out of that base level of consciousness that I dwelled in when I was helping these people, these occultists. So uh, my experience in that capacity is not in books or reading about it, it's living it. And there is no replacement to that experience. This is where uh, someone like Peter Joseph simply does not have this experience. I don't think he can be totally faulted or blamed for that, he just hasn't been involved with the dark occult and with the people who are operating it. I have. Okay, so um, he's simply incorrect about that. I'll state that unequivocally. Okay, Uh, but he's entitled to his belief because he doesn't have that knowledge. Okay, so he's entitled to say, I don't think there is such a thing as dark occultists running the show or what people have termed the Illuminati. You're perfectly entitled to continue to believe that and continue to try to convince other people of it. But I'm letting people know that's incorrect. It's wrong. Okay? So uh, that's where I have to part ways with uh, what he puts out in the third film. And I think he's deliberately doing that because he doesn't want to alienate people. He wants to make it purely about the sciences and purely about the left-brain aspects, because that's what he knows people are trapped in. He knows people are trapped in that level of left-brain consciousness, and only by keeping it to that narrow bandwidth, that, pl- that narrow playing field, or inside that box, can he appeal to more numbers of people. And Let me tell you, it's effective because more people were at that Zeitgeist screening in Philadelphia at the Ethical Society than I've seen at any meeting having to do with the truth or freedom movement in this whole region in the last couple of years. And it's sad, That's sad because, you know, I think there, there are many worthy groups working toward true change in this area and they don't have the numbers. And, you know, someone, someone like myself and other people who are really uh, truly conscious about what's really going on and have experiential knowledge to back that up. again, I'm not very popular because I, I speak my mind frankly. I don't sugarcoat anything, and I'm not here to engage in a popularity contest. I'm here to try to create some true change in our consciousness. And, again, that's the thing. I can I bring something I think that will bring
0: true changes to a lot of your listeners' lives.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You
0: know, uh, my name being The Conspiracy Chef, the reason that the chef is in there um, is because I do cook, and I do like to grow my own food. I do like to feed my family healthy food right because I know what's out there, I know what's in the supermarket,
1: absolutely
0: you know, and one of, and one of my things is, is that uh, I, uh, one of your calls I think it was in floral hat that said he doesn't believe what well, was you said so you don't believe in overpopulation right and I agree because I, you know why there's two problems right one of the problems is is that we've all now been programmed to go to a store to buy our food, yep. and that food is being shipped from we get shrimp from Thailand. We, you know, we get shrimp from the Gulf Coast, of course. You yep. know, but like I go in if I have to buy shrimp, I'll ask for my shrimp is from. You know, and, and I don't buy shrimp anymore from, from, from the store. And it's 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 unfortunate because I love shrimp. You know, but you can make a hydroponic system with less than fifty dollars but you can grow strawberries, lettuce. Uh, 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 tomatoes any sort of vegetable or fruit that you would like you can grow banana tree for crying out loud in a hydroponic system you know you can grow potatoes in your garbage can you know and it'll be a whole garbage can full of potatoes so these are things that we can all personally
1: hey chef we're coming up to a break hang uh, with me over uh, through the break and uh, we'll continue this on the other side Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to What on Earth is Happening right here on the Intel Hub News Network. We'll be right back. Okay, uh, Mark.
5: Hey, Bob. How are you? Good
3: Mark. Work. Yes. Hey, good man. Listen, I'm I'm gonna take off here, but you have a few other callers on standby, and I want to make sure that you're able to navigate them and bring them on air. Uh, any chance I can uh, supply you with the login information? Yes. Yeah, and, and send, send, send
1: that to me on Skype
3: and I'll log into Blog Talk because
1: I, I want to get to okay. that. Log,
3: in, log into the Blog Talk and I already screened the calls. We have Bob from Cincinnati, our good oh, friend, fantastic. And on. And uh, we also have a great call from Philly on the line, our friend Joe. Great. So we got some great callers. And when we get back from the break, I'll bring you up and I'm going to go log in here.
1: You got But it. you can
3: bring up the rest of the callers. Great. All right, Mark, stand by. Thanks so much for a great Open Lines program.
2: Thank you, Bob. The economic collapse, all while staying honorable and true to yourself, then call 877 417 8393. That's 877 417 8393. Or visit free2prosper.com
5: right now. Hey, it's me, Shepard, the host of the Intel Hub. Check out my live show every Sunday at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time. You can check it out from my website, theintelhubradio.com. Join me,
1: Joe Joseph, John King, and A.C. Griffith, Thursdays and Sunday evenings at 8 p.m. Eastern for Freedom Lake Radio on the Intel Hub
5: News Network. A very wealthy US citizen is predicting that in 2011, we will witness the most important day in America in more than 50 years. He says it will change everything about our lives. The way you shop, travel, invest, educate your children, and even how you take care of your health and family. Now this man has made some outrageous predictions over the years, but the crazy part is he's usually right. You see, he predicted the collapse of GM, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, and America's biggest mall owner, General Growth Properties, a few years ago. In fact, Baronis called his work a dire prophecy. Now, this has nothing to do with the stock market, but it could have a huge impact on almost every aspect of your life. And recently, he created a video which you can watch online for free, detailing his biggest and most important prediction yet. And it's a real eye-opener. I can't stress this enough. You should at least watch this free video online today. He explains everything you need to know, including simple steps you can take to protect yourself. You can find the video at www endofamerica8.com although this video may be offensive to some audiences it's worth checking out again that's www.endofamerica8.com watch this free video at www.endofamerica8.com you are listening to the Intel Hub News Network crushing the new world order piece by piece
1: All right, everybody, we're back on What on Earth is Happening. We were on the line with Caller Chef. Chef, are you still there?
2: Yes, sir. Can you hear me?
1: Yes. Okay, so take another okay. couple of minutes, and then I'm going to move on to another caller. You were talking about growing uh, fresh, uh, wholesome foods uh, on your own, well, uh, as opposed to the relying right. on uh, foods that we're provided with in supermarkets.
0: Precisely. Right, precisely. Because of the fact that the one of the arguments... Of overpopulation is that there is not enough food, you know. And I, I think that less is more, you know. I think that uh, uh, one of the things that uh, in, in I'm, I'm, I didn't necessarily call up to attack the Venus Project, like I truly haven't, right? Because in in, in in a perfect society, I, I love it. I, I do. I really do. It looks beautiful. It's a great thing and so we might need to get there sometime. You know, but I think you hit the nail on the head when you said that it's not going to happen in our lifetime. It will happen in future generations, and you just hope that people do it right. When well, I would, it, say, right?
1: I would say as long as we remain in the state of consciousness that we're at and what happened in our lifetime, I don't I don't think anything is impossible. I think if we developed imagination and yeah. developed higher consciousness, yeah. it could happen very quickly, actually. But uh, right. from right. where we're yeah. at now, we it doesn't that. seem likely to me I, I think the meme of money right now is still so ingrained that it seems unlikely to me from where we stand at this point, to clarify. But continue.
2: Jeff, are you still there?
1: It looks like we lost them, ladies and gentlemen, but... Um, If you want to try to call back in, try to get back in, no problem. Um, Sorry about that. Um, Let's see. We have two other callers here. All right. Okay, Bob from Cincinnati. Here we go. You're on What on Earth is Happening. How are you, Bob? Hey, Mark. I'm fine. How about you tonight? Good. How are you doing? Oh, wonderful hey, um, uh, a great show, lots of great callers. Um, uh, you know me, uh, I'm, I'm interested in your knowledge of, of alchemy. Um, uh, you know, once again, I'll praise you, Mark, as I have, uh, I've done many times, but you, you have clarified things that people spend a lifetime trying to discern, and that is uh, these alchemical processes or, you know, I'll cut straight to the chase, you know, the, the classic Temple of Solomon. Know, even to this day, and and you're starting to really pound it in your your presentations, and I appreciate that you're doing that because a lot of us out here uh, hear that term, the Temple of Solomon. They built the Temple of Solomon. The temple was destroyed. They built it again, and now they're seeking these dark masons are seeking to build the temple again in Jerusalem. And and once again, maybe they are physically, but you have clarified that the Temple of Solomon is the unity consciousness, is the unifying of the yin and the yang. The solar and the lunar principle, the male and the female principle in our consciousness. And I can't stress how important that was for my transformation of understanding alchemy and the processes of alchemy, and also uh, just your wonderful presentations over the last few weeks of the Kabbalah, the stages of the Kabbalah, and also the correspondences of the chakras. But uh, uh, your comments on that, Mark. Well, um, um, that that really makes me feel good because I'm really glad that some people are deeply grasping these concepts, and that's really what we need. Um, Again, I feel that it is uh, critical for us to really move to a mature understanding of these concepts and symbols because that's what really opens up the consciousness, and that's what really helps us to go into deeper levels of ourselves and our own psyche to become better and more moral individuals. And it just it makes me feel great that you have grasped and understood those concepts to a deep level, as it sounds like you absolutely have. And I, it, it, I, I'm glad that I was able to take part in helping you to, to make that, uh, that shift in, in understanding, and uh, I'm glad that my communication skills were effective enough to help assist in that process. That's, that's what I will say, and I, I really thank you uh, you know, for, uh, for uh, coming on and voicing that. Oh, that and once again, my pleasure uh, alone, Mark. It's my pleasure to, to, uh, to, to share that this is, this is what's going on. And, and I want to recommend to people, if you have yet to listen to Mark's, Mark's on his uh, 44th or 45th week of broadcasting here, uh, go back, and I'm, I'm still going back to the earlier broadcast on natural law uh, and uh, sorcery versus magic. Um you, once again, you're you're clarifying and, and once you grasp it, once you get that the mystery and the secret of the mystery schools has to do with consciousness and and the within what's going on within each one of us because that's the one thing we know nothing about is what's going on inside each one of us we know all about the television and the, the, the major events and the news and whatnot but the one thing they are desperate to keep us focusing on is the the internal conflict the duality that's going on the checkerboard floor so to speak that is is going on uh, inside each of us and that they can continue to keep us divided and scared yeah, I hate to use that term, but a schizophrenic consciousness in each one of us. Uh, they'll continue to manipulate us until they get their uh, dark uh, uh, police state that they're shooting for. Mark, I've got a question. Sure. And once again, I'm, I'm just going to say to the people, remember, all of the mysteries, all of the, the great secrets that they wave, that the manly tea halls of the world they wave, that they know, it all comes down to knowledge of self. That's right. You repeat that? It, a la Mark Pasio. Ladies and gentlemen, all the great mysteries, the secrets of masonry, the secrets of the mystery schools. Mark's going to lay them out right now through the voice of Bob. And the voice voice is saying it all has to do with what's going on with the self. Each one of us inside and inside of our, our transformational process, and that's our consciousness, our awareness. And and once you grasp that, it, it's a life changer. It is a life changer. The Temple of Solomon is consciousness. It's It's got nothing to do with a building, and, and don't seek it in Jerusalem. Don't seek the mysteries in some dusty old book and that's right. some magic spell that, that's right. that create energy to give you power. It's nothing to do with that. All the magic is internal. Like you said, Mark, uh, uh, even the great teacher, Yeshua G, mm-hmm. Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is found within. That's right. And, and Bob, Bob you, you gave me the chills uh, because uh, I, I can only hope that most of us will get to that level of understanding as soon as possible. Uh, you're, you're totally on point, totally on point, my friend. You, you, you had a question? Go, go, right, go right ahead. Well, it's thanks to you that I am on point. And my question is, Mark, I'm, I'm intrigued by all these old alchemical drawings, and, and you know where I'm going with this, these uh, medieval uh, drawings of strange beasts and creatures and sure. alchemists. and uh, There's one that, that, um, that, that keeps coming into my, my view, and I've yet to discern it. Uh, it's, it's called The Squaring of the Circle. Yes. And you'll probably know it. It's this alchemist standing in front of a brick wall, and there's a circle on the brick wall. Oh, yes. Pointing at...
6: Uh, I, yes, I you know this know well. This. <laughs> yeah. And this, he's
1: this pointing the, when I'm just... Yes, go ahead. To oh, I, I was just going to share the image with the audience, and sure. then I'm going to step back and let you explain it, sir. The, it's an alchemist in robes, and uh, it's a me- medieval kind of uh, Renaissance feeling, and he's standing in front of a brick wall that has a circle on it that looks strangely like a, a globe or the world. Inside the circle... Um, uh, is a, a triangle, and inside the triangle is a square. Perfectly set inside the square is a circle, and then he is pointing to the top of the circle, and inside there are two people. I guess a ma- it's a small figure in my, my image here, but it's probably a male and a female. And I, I grasp now, since you've shared a lot of this, what, what part of it is, but if you could share with us the meaning of the, the squaring of the circle. Thanks, Mark. This symbol that you're referring to, and uh, I will probably uh, bring this up when we go into the symbolism section, uh, is one of the keys of alchemy, of the alchemical tradition. It is a symbol known as the Philosopher's Stone, okay? And on some, uh, some chat programs, it's funny that you mention the symbol. I actually use it as my avatar, you know, the little uh, icon that you use for, for your, your chat picture, okay? Right. Um, this represents the lower world, okay, and the upper world. So this represents the physical world and the world of spirit, and it represents how the physical world move, attempts to reach upward towards spirit and how the, the spiritual world tries to reach downward to pull the spiritual toward it so that they, that they come together, okay? And what the, um, the, the um, circle represents that uh, goes around this square Okay, is basically coming to an understanding of natural law and coming to higher consciousness and in doing so one is ruling one's base awareness or base instincts or animalistic nature, the physical identified consciousness the physical world identification And they are understanding that they are part of the divine all, okay, the higher level of consciousness that is the creative force that indwells everything in nature. So this is also symbolized in some of the symbols of Freemasonry, which we'll be getting into over the the, the, uh, next many weeks. But... um, the square, in, you're familiar with the compasses and square in Freemasonry. Okay? It's one of their major symbols. Okay? You'll often see this on Masonic buildings or temples or lodges. You'll see this put on emblems on the back of cars, you know, the, the magnets or what, whatnot that you know, people will drive with uh, on the back of their uh, cars. Um, the the, co- the uh, square at the bottom there, turned upward, represents base consciousness. Okay? Base consciousness is rigid. It doesn't really change form, okay? It's not flowing, and it traces a square, okay? What our task is is to actually raise that up, raise up from base consciousness so that we turn the square over, okay? But moreover, that we transcend the square completely. So the, the, the inverted square, where it's pointed upward, okay, toward the heavenly realm, is the symbol of the the, um, the the a master of the lodge who has governed his base instincts? So the square is upside down; it is inverted. Okay, or I should say it's right side up. The the way that you'll see it on the um, uh, the symbol of the compasses and square is upside down with the the the. the, the the uh, point pointing downward, okay? But it is governed, it is ruled by compasses. The compasses come down over over top of the square. This is an indicator that we need to govern our base consciousness, govern our animalistic instincts, so to speak, okay? And in doing so, we are circling them, we are circumscribing them, because the compasses trace a circle, just as a square traces a square, the compasses are the tools that, that, that draw a circle. So we are, we are circumscribing our base uh, desires and our base instincts through reaching the level of awareness called compassion. The compasses, it's just, this is a word play. Compasses represent compassion. Okay, um, Feeling together, coming together in emotional qualities. So this, it's also these are flexible. They're not rigid. They can be moved. Okay? Uh, they are, um, there's a left part and a right part, and they meet together at the apex. This represents the left or solar consciousness and the right or lunar consciousness, left brain, right brain, coming together, but coming together at the highest point, the apex of the compasses, which is the fulcrum or the balance point of them. And it's, just, it's a brilliant allegory, and this is also depicted in the Philosopher's Stone with the square and the, uh, the circle being the major archetypal uh, uh, symbols inside that symbol. Now, the triangle represents the threefold nature of reality. It represents thought, emotion, and action. It represents body, mind, and spirit. It represents father, son, and, and spirit, etc. Okay? Uh, the, the sacred feminine... The sacred masculine and combined with the creative force, the generative principle, uh, coming together in the chemical wedding. These are all concepts we've briefly touched on, and you can go back in former podcasts. I'm glad you mentioned that, Bob, but th- these are the basic archetypal symbols that are in our ancestral consciousness, our ancestral awareness, and that the alchemists put these together in this thing called the Philosopher's Stone. What I would suggest, Bob, now that you have become aware of this symbol and that you've looked into it on your own a bit, attempt to actually undergo the exercise of drawing the Philosopher's Stone. Okay? It is one of the hardest things to do. And there is a secret to the drawing of the Philosopher's Stone, which I will not give on the air this evening. Maybe when we talk about it in the symbolism part, maybe I'll encourage people to do that when we get to the symbolism section. And then a future week after that, I'll give I'll give that uh, answer. But if you can find it by searching, but I would suggest for you to try to attempt to do it on your own as just an exercise using a compass and a straight edge. That's all you need to really do this. And if you find that secret on your own, an, an incredible revelation would come to you in in mind. Okay, in uh, understanding what the secret of drawing that symbol actually is, and it's absolutely beautiful and magical. Uh, so I, it's an exercise I would encourage. But you know, don't get too frustrated if you can't do it immediately. You can research it, and there are places that you can go that will, you know, show you how to derive the symbol. Uh, with a simple compass uh, compasses and a simple straight edge excellent and and mark now that i look at this figure you're right he is holding a, uh it's very small on my screen and it, he is holding the, the compass that's right uh it's a giant compass and yep. it's pointed you know the apex is pointed towards his heart brilliant uh, so it's very very you interesting got it. thanks, you got thanks it. for that mark. absolutely I, I will... awesome man uh bob always a pleasure uh it's an honor to, to speak with you and uh, i'm so glad that you you 're getting so much from these shows uh Keep it up and um uh go back into the archives uh share the shows with friends you know tell them to put them on their m p three players uh, uh really encouraging. thank you so much man my my pleasure and mark i 'll say it again uh you are an agent of change out here. Uh, and thank you for, once again for what you're speaking about. I don't even think you understand the, the depth of what you're speaking to us. I know that you know it's important, but I, I don't think you understand the rippling effect uh, now and, and in the future what this means. Thank you, sir. Good night, gentlemen. You got it, man. Thanks so much, Bob. All right. Bob from Cincinnati. Always good to hear from him. Here we go. Who's up next? All right. Joe from Philadelphia, you're on What on Earth is Happening. What do you have for us tonight?
0: How you doing? Thanks for taking my call. I'm kind of new to your show, so I hope this isn't a little off topic. Uh, I don't think it is, but here we go. Uh, Jordan Maxwell says quite eloquently, quite eloquently, I still can't say it, we didn't evolve from monkeys, we're evolving into monkeys. (laughs) I'm trying to connect all the dots, and um, this is kind of currently what I've come to, so please let me know where I've gone wrong. According to many interpretations of the Bible, we came from gods, perhaps the mythological fallen angels, who were similar to people but have additional powers, you know, such as telepathy, enormous strength, etc. Now, supposedly, these gods mated or blended genes with beings from Earth. After the genetic manipulation, these new human beings had godlike powers but also had Earth-like animal instincts. Now, over time, the genetic manipulation got a little watered down. And continues to do so, however, the elite tried to maintain this genetic code um, of the original gods, gods by way of kings, popes, etc. So I was curious to know if organized exterminations and genocides that we're currently w- witnessing are attempts by cultists to eliminate what are interpreted to be inferior genes compared to those of the original gods.
1: Absolutely. That, that is exactly what's being done, because these people are eugenicists. You need to uh, understand eugenics and what this agenda is and what it means. And indeed, you know, I don't get into that aspect in my What on Earth is Happening presentation because it is specific to uh, human freedom and mind control in general, are the, the principal uh, concepts that I uh, lay out in that presentation and on this show. However, I have done extensive research in these fields i think what the the basic um uh storyline there that you outlined is uh quite on point and this does point to the ancient ancestral lineage of kings that ruled by divine right this is where the divine right of uh, uh kings and queens comes from and um uh I encourage people to look into ancient human origins. Okay, to look into human origins as a concept in general. I have said before on the show I don't believe in creationism, nor do I believe in in a, um, a microbiological. I'm sorry, macrobiological Darwinian evolution. Okay, um, this is the middle ground between those things, and it explains so much about what's going on in our world. The reason I don't get into it on what on earth is happening that much. I have uh, spoken for, uh, on, different, um, uh, on different topics such as this as part of uh, UFO-related uh, conventions and, uh, and uh, symposiums. Uh, but I have a, a presentation called uh, Don't Count on Disclosure that I've given in the past, and it touches on all of these topics. Um, <clears throat> I separated it out, out as a separate presentation because not many people are ready to hear information like that they not, They're not ready for it they, they, they're not ready to hear there's such a thing as mind control, let alone something beyond that, because it does paint a dark picture of what life on this world is is about. You know, I, I tell people you want to hear a, a very accurate allegorical picture of what's really going on in the world. my the closest thing I could suggest to somebody, if you want the, the broad picture of what's really playing out here, and don't expect it to be something that's comfortable. It's quite disturbing. It shows us really where we're at and what our work that lies ahead really is. Watch H.G. Wells's Time Machine movie. The movie, and specifically, not you can read the book. The book is great, too. But watch the movie, the newest version of the movie, not the old film from, I believe, the 60s, or maybe the 50s. Watch... the the 1990s version of the Time Machine, which got terrible reviews, didn't play very long in theaters. But I'll tell you what, that's the closest thing that I've ever seen made in a movie to what's really going on on this planet. That and the movie They Live, John Carpenter's They Live from the uh, mid-80s. Okay, but but, but H.G. Wells' Time Machine, it's about the human race essentially uh, being food for other races. Basically being farmed here and, and culled from time to time. And they just think that it's, you know, these people just live and think it's normal. When he goes into the future, you know, he confronts these people and they say, uh, this is just the world as it is. And he says, you know, I refuse to accept that. You know, he's a freedom fighter in, the, in his future time. And uh, it's a great movie, but I love the underlying, underpinnings of concept of the movie. The past is already done. The past exists. It's in the record book. Okay? It can't be changed. Whatever may have happened in our ancient past happened, and it's done. Okay, You can't change the past, but you can do something to change the future if you have enough courage and you're willing to get involved.
0: Well, can I ask uh, one more question? Sure. Could kind of yes. um, you explain the significance of Aldebaran and Sirius? I, I, I don't know why, but I run into to Venus sometimes when I'm, I'm trying to decipher all these Sure. and uh, what their connections are to the human, quote-unquote,
1: mission. Yeah, Aldebaran in some mystical traditions is, uh, I, you know, there's different pronunciations of it. I, I just call it Aldebaran. Um, they, uh, different mis- uh, mystical traditions think that this is some sort of a sen- central spiritual hub. It's like a star that that acts as a central spiritual hub a wider portion of the galaxy. Now, I don't know whether I subscribe to that necessarily. I'm just telling you what some people's interpretations are of it. Um, And what was the other one? Uh, Sirius. Sirius Sirius is where certain people claim that certain uh, other races uh, descended from, that that general vicinity of the sky that we call the Sirius system, uh, you know, the dog star. Okay, and that they uh, came to this system from that area of space. Uh, whether that's true or not, I don't have direct first-hand knowledge of, but there are certain ancient cultures that, that brought this up and said, yes, this is where uh, some of our uh, you know um, ruling classes claim to be descended from. Now, hey, you, you could say maybe that's the case, or maybe they just claimed that that was the case. Maybe we just did all uh, happen to come from here, but they're claiming, uh, okay, we're gods who came here because they had advanced technology that may have been left over from other ca- another cataclysm that happened here. And then when they went to try to rule these uh, indigenous people who were, you know, also left over from the cataclysm who didn't have access to their advanced technology, maybe they just tried to convince them that they were gods from other places in the universe. It's quite feasible as well. So, you know, both of those are, are possibilities. I don't claim to know, know the exact truth about that or be an authority on any of those things. I'm seeking those answers like anyone else. When people ask me, what do you still really want to know as far as factual knowledge, one of the first things I always say is, what really happened in our ancient past and what is the true story of human origins? I mean, the real you know, fundamental true story of it. We have fragmented pieces of this puzzle. We need to work together to, to bring these pieces to the table and assemble them. Okay, that that's my take on that. Okay, thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Great call and uh, great uh, topics, and I think they're all very important, and really we should, uh, you know, discuss those things, and we should come together to try to a- provide answers to those questions. So uh, I don't – let me see if anybody else – yes, here we go. Caller from southeast Pennsylvania. You're on What on Earth is Happening.
6: My good friend Mark Passio. How are you?
1: Eric G., what's up, man?
6: I'm good. You know what, dude? I had I literally had chills when you mentioned the film, uh, Time Machine, because I was just thinking about that film like two days ago. Uh, there's a 1978 version. Yes. A TV film version, and my grandmother showed that to me in like 1989, 1990, and I remember watching it, and I kind of didn't really pay attention to the end. But I kind of remembered some of it, and I was thinking about the end the other day, and I was like, man, I need to watch that movie again because the end was really freaky. And then you just mentioned it now, and that was just really bizarre.
1: I enjoyed the old version as well. The new version, I think, was much better. But I don't, uh, you know, I think that certain film critics discourage people deliberately from watching certain films. Uh, They're pressured by their higher ups to say, don't bother with this film. And I think that's what happened with the new Time Machine. Uh, I highly encourage everyone to check out the 1990s version of the Time Machine, inspired by the book H.G. Wells. Uh, this movie is uh, absolutely brilliant, and the concepts in it are actually very high-minded if you really take it in as an allegory and don't just try to watch it as just the standard science fiction uh, you know, uh not even a super high budget one, although there's some good effects in it, uh, special effects, uh, you have to watch it as an allegory from a higher perspective. And if you do that, this is one of the best uh, science fiction allegories out there. So I highly uh, encourage people to check out uh, the new version of the time machine, definitely.
6: Right, cool. Uh, Some other thoughts I had. Sure. Uh, Different directions. I don't know which one to start with, but... uh... I'm just going to throw this out there. Hopefully you won't go on too long of a tangent about it, but fear as as mind control. I mean, I was just thinking about how powerful fear really is. Like, If you were walking down the street and a group of five guys walked up to you with knives out and ski masks on, you would be really scared. I mean, that's a powerful emotion you're feeling. right? There's nothing that's really quite like fear, is there? I think it's the
1: basis of all mind control, ultimately. It's the
6: most powerful one, by far. Sure.
1: You have to dwell in a base modality, as far as consciousness is concerned, of fear, to really be affected by any of these techniques. If you're not in fear, and the force that conquers fear, ultimately, is courage, which then brings forward love, a higher level of consciousness. Okay? Okay. None of these techniques can ultimately touch us. That's what it's all ultimately about. And the only way we really arrive at those higher states of awareness is to go within, understand the self, and conquer fear. That's what the underlying mode of consciousness that makes all of this manipulation possible is. Absolutely.
6: And you you can end up becoming completely fearless after a while. If you just confront this stuff head on, Eventually, you're not scared of anything because you know how to deal with fear so well. I mean, it becomes a piece of cake. You don't feel fear anymore.
1: If we get out of body-identified consciousness, if we get out of five-sense identification, right, and we understand ultimately that what our consciousness is, that what we truly are, is essentially connected with the all. It's connected with that which always has been, is now, and always shall be. What is there to fear? But how few people are in that state of higher consciousness. That's that's the problem that we're up against here. So many people are giving into these lower vibratory states of consciousness which are governed by fear. Ultimately what our task here is.
6: Yeah,
1: Yeah, exactly. exactly. But ultimately what our task here is is to help those people conquer their internal fear by explaining concepts and ideas to them that will help them to look at them, themselves, reevaluate themselves. It's, it's about self-respect. Again, the word respect comes from the Latin re meaning again and specto spectare meaning to look at. We need to help people to take another look, not only at the society that they live in, but to take another look at themselves. And that gaze needs to be directed inward, not outward, because inward is where the, the, the causality, the causal factors are ultimately arriving from what we bring out of us, from our generative center, which is ultimately the heart, which is ultimately that which we care about and direct our uh, focus and attention toward, what we pay attention to, what we use our time and resources to to, uh, imbue with energy, I guess you could say. And uh, if we assist people, help people to gain more courage... That's how we're going to defeat these forces of fear and ultimately the forces of manipulation and mind control.
6: Um, good good point. Uh, I, one more thing about you were talking sure. a few weeks ago about uh, colors and uh, you were saying green that's, that yes. symbolizes trust. Well that's, sure. that's why the money's green. That's right that's, And that's why they're always talking with the environmentalist things, oh, be green because right. if, you, if green is the color of trust, then subconsciously you're going to just, you know, sub- first thing you subconsciously think when you look at it or think green is trust. The That's first right. thing. So you're starting off at a premise of trust to
1: begin with. Yeah, gr- green is also the color of nature and balance and love energy, okay? It's the color of the anahata chakra in the chakra system, the heart chakra, okay? It is the balance or fulcrum point of everything, the color green. Okay, this is why they uh, um, use it to um, take people into the the fake green movement, which is based on carbon and carbon taxes, et cetera. It's all there to just institute more uh, authoritarianism and control and get people to live, you know, in ways that are completely debased, basically, you know, to to get them to you know uh, live in the most uh, wretched of ways you know not even to have heat or lighting or anything like that you know because we're we're as people destroying the earth we're the the biggest danger to the earth because of resources that we use i agree we need to reevaluate the way that we live and you know basically uh have more respect for our living planet which which supports our life but this fake environmental movement put out by people like um Gore, Al Gore, and and uh, who's the other guy from the uh, UN, uh, Maurice Strong, etc. Uh, this is all done for me- means of tighter authoritarian control. That's it, and implementing of new taxes that'll be paid, you know, to uh, these elite uh, bankers. That's that's all it's there for. Uh, and they're they are co-opting this through the color green. We need a true green revolution, not one that's based on carbon taxes and this, you know, fake idea of carbon dioxide being a dangerous greenhouse gas when it's only, you know, it's, it's, it's a, a pittance next to uh, water vapor being the biggest greenhouse gas of them all. What are you going to do in trying to eliminate water on, on the planet? That's going to be the next big evil, right? Carbon dioxide has nothing to do with the warming. It follows the warming. The solar cycle has a great deal to do with that, and water vapor is the biggest greenhouse gas, so good luck with eliminating that. But uh, to go back to the point, they, they co-opt this idea with the color green. The true green revolution is the revolution in mind and consciousness, and that is the balance between the left and the right brain hemispheres, red uh, the, symbolizing the left brain hemisphere, blue symbolizing the, the right. This is also why police use these colors, You know, the red and blue flashing in, in, in quick uh, uh, succession. It's it's uh, colors that represent imbalanced consciousness, you know, and that's how they're being used. I'm going to get into that deeply in my lecture at the Free Your Mind Conference, actually, um, and talk about the, the visible spectrum of light and how this is uh, co-opted and used in, in different uh, um, uh, forms of occult mockery. Uh, that's going to be my topic at the Free Your Mind Conference, occult mockery, about how they mock the police with, with these colors and their uniforms and symbols and the military, you know, and and how it's it's put on money for these very very topics, you know, and how they mock the average person that understands nothing of this.
6: Well Mark. It was nice talking to you getting on your show again. And uh how's everything going with the with the mind control conference? Is it getting booked up?
1: It's pretty good. Yeah, um it's better than it had been. Uh I was uh, kind of in a funk about it for a while, but uh you know some people have stepped up and you know we had a good response for the last fundraiser. We're going to try to put one more fundraiser together on the 18th. That's not completely confirmed yet, so I couldn't announce it tonight, but over the next day or two I'm going to try to have some information up on the site about that. And uh, hopefully we could just bring in a little bit more money to help uh, offset costs for bringing in speakers because it's expensive. But uh, we've been getting some more help, and uh, we're in crunch time now. So anybody that can help out in any way, if you can make a donation or contribution, now is the time to do it. Uh, Get your tickets in advance. That will help a lot as well. So, uh, yeah, that's where we're at with that. And thanks for bringing that up, Eric. Uh,
6: One one more quick thing. Uh, Any plans to put it on TV Day?
1: Um, we, we are going to have somebody film. Uh, I don't know if that is going to come out high enough quality. We'll, we'll see afterward and see what kind of footage we end up getting. Hopefully it will be, and we'll do some DVDs of it. Uh, we're going to try, if we can get the streaming to work properly from inside the venue, to broadcast some of the uh, speeches and presentations uh, um, over the air as well through streaming. And More will be announced on that in coming weeks. Eric, thanks so much, man. I think that's about all we have time for this week. Uh, but I always appreciate you calling in, man. And, uh, you know, keep keep up uh, putting the good word out there, man.
6: Love you to death, Mark. Take care, buddy. Thank you. Bye-bye.
1: Take care, Eric. Thanks, man. All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen. That's about all we have time for here on What on Earth is Happening this week. I think it was a great call-in show. It was a lot of fun. We'll have to do this again in the future. I think what I'll just going to jump into next week is uh, mind control methodology number 13, the usage of subversive symbolism, the language of symbolism that we need to become literate in if we're going to break these uh, mind control methodologies. So this is a big one, and I'll spend many weeks on this, and we'll be getting into specific symbols over the next many weeks. So, With that having been said, I want to thank everybody for listening. You've been listening to What on Earth is Happening right here on the Intel Hub News Network. I'm Mark Passio. My website is whatonearthishappening.com. The network's website is theintelhubnewsnetwork.com. I'll see you here next week, folks. Thank you and good night.